Hey TCA, my name is Sarah Britsky and I am your host for TCAU, the podcast for your classical Christian and collaborative education journey. I am here today with the voice on the other side of the microphone that you don't usually get to hear, Mike Kresnick. Um, so we're so glad that um, he is here with me and we are going to have a conversation today about anxiety and education specifically at TCA. So Mike yeah. would love to have you introduce yourself. Yeah, uh, I'm Mike Kresnick. I'm the producer of this podcast, I guess. So glad, uh, yes. Also uh, a co-teacher. Uh, my kids go to school here. Uh, my wife is a teacher here. Um, and uh, we're happy to be a part of the TCA community and uh, happy to be here with you today, Sarah. Yeah, and you guys have been here almost since the beginning. I, I think we had missed the first four years, maybe. Okay. Four, four or five years. Yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, it's the school community has been a huge blessing to us. Yeah. And you guys have been an important part of its development. So yeah. we're so glad. And part of that is you get to help us with this podcast. Yeah, and so I'm um, excited just to think well with you about anxiety in, um, in our system, specifically at TCA and also just in the education system at large. Hmm. Um, and this is a topic of a lot of interest to me just because I hear the word anxiety coming up a lot in my work just as a mom mm. and talking to my friends who are teachers around the country and especially in Omaha. And I just started thinking about why are we always thinking about anxiety in education? What's, mm. what's going on that that is the thing that's, that's surfacing. I even have a friend, a, a teacher friend, she's now a counselor and she said she's had high school students come into her room and say, I just can't do this work. I'm too anxious. Mm. Um, and so really we're mostly thinking about generalized anxiety, right? Anxiety that is systemic, in the system, um, not diagnosable anxiety. Okay. And so yeah. today we're thinking about how does anxiety, just general anxiety that we all kind of feel mm. um, impact education. So um, as I started to do research on this, I like Googled anxiety in education and mm. I thought, okay, what I'm going to see is you know, people thinking about how does anxiety come up? What are we doing about it? Um, you know, why, I guess I expected to see why the education system specifically is causing so much anxiety. Hmm. And actually what I ended up finding was just a ton of like, this is how we cope. This is how I respond. And so I started thinking about some different things I've read about anxiety. Um, so Edwin Friedman's failure of nerve mm -hmm. and the leader's journey, which has, uh, was authored by a couple of different people in the Christian world and what they said about anxiety and systems and mm -hmm. how anxiety doesn't just exist like in one person. Mm. Um, but anxiety exists as we interact with others and in a system and, um, it causes us to, to be anxious and um, kind of get off kilter a little bit. Um, and, and so how did those ideas I wanted to kind of lay on top of the educational system? Hmm. And so I was thinking about even, you know, what are we looking for from education today? So I just wanted to start, you know, and I'm just sort of monologuing here with you Mike, yeah, yeah. about, you know, what did I find as I and what did I start thinking about regarding anxiety and education? Well, can I ask you a question? Yeah. yeah. Uh, is this a relatively new thing? Is this are these like new findings hmm. that? that anxiety is like existing in this educational system or has it, has it existed and we just didn't know what to call it. And that's what I, I didn't do a really deep dive, but okay, I couldn't okay. find a lot about history of anxiety. Okay. Really, you know, the first couple pages of a Google search anxiety and education was just, um, what do we do? Hmm. And then I did some Googling on like systems of anxiety, you know, mm -hmm. and maybe seeing if someone had thought about how the systems of education actually create anxiety or hmm. have, have started to, and I couldn't find anything okay. about that. Um, okay. And so that was what actually kind of made me curious. Yeah. Um, even thinking about how school has really changed over the last 25, mm. 30 years. 
um, because we've had no child left behind. Mm. Um, we had COVID and how yeah. that's changed how school yep. feels to kids. Yep. And I would say more than when I was in high school. I don't know if this is true for you. I think, were you homeschooled? I was homeschooled all the way through. Right. So different, but yeah. um, different still. anxieties. <laughs> <laughs> well, and did you feel pressure about college? Like maybe you wouldn't get in? Um, no, I mean, I would say I was not a very good high school student. And so I just wasn't mm. prepared for the ACTs mm. and like that college entrance stuff. I just, I wasn't prepared. And so I didn't do well. Mm. Um, and so I, yeah, had kind of low expectations going into college. I did well once I got to college and I mm. feel like that's how homeschool prepared me. Mm. Um, but, uh, yeah, wasn't, wasn't super nervous about it. I just kind of knew like, yeah, I'm not going to, I'm not going to be blowing people away with my test scores. <laughs> I wasn't blowing myself away either. So, yeah. And, and I think, do you think you felt anxious about that? Do you think that made you worried that you wouldn't be success or you wouldn't make it or were I, your parents worried? I didn't feel worried about it, but I, I feel like that was in the water. Like mm -hmm. if, if I don't go to college, mm. what am I going to do? Like mm. what, what, what will I amount to? Mm. Um, that was not pressured on me by like my parents at all, but mm. uh, definitely felt that as I had friends going to school, friends mm. making career choices. Um, just like, oh man, what, what am I going to do? Mm. That mm -hmm. was, it was just there. It was in the air I was breathing. Mm -hmm. yeah. That's interesting. I think um, as I consider what has caused a shift, perhaps, um, you know, even 20 years ago when we were in high school, there was not yet, or it was just, beginning that schools had to meet a certain standard in mm. order to stay open. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, um, that led to just an increase of attention to data mm -hmm. and this idea of schools needing to continuously improve. Mm. And what it means for a school to continuously improve is actually for students to continuously improve because, mm -hmm. um, you know, the data is really about student achievement. Mm. And so if I'm a teacher and when I was a public school teacher, my tests, my student test scores were examined and I was evaluated based on those, mm -hmm. um, not to keep my job or not, but just like how many of your students passed this assessment. Um, and so that made me want the students to achieve. Yeah. And then the students feel like they need to meet a certain threshold. And I think that those things just were not present when we were in mm -hmm. school. I didn't remember tests being very high stakes. Yep. Um, and it sounds like you kind of had a similar experience. Like the yep. tests weren't super high stakes, but you did think like I have to get a job. Yeah. I think now it's either the kids are always, you know, often, I think now often students either feel the weight of those tests or just don't care. And mm -hmm. then the teacher cares more. Yeah. <laughs> and so I, I do think that the um, educational environment has changed. I also think that the testing culture has changed where there is a lot of pressure around ACT, SAT, mm -hmm. or even now after COVID with the test optional, mm -hmm. people don't really know, like, mm -hmm. what, how do I play this game mm -hmm. anymore? Mm -hmm. Um so I think all of that has created a lot of anxiety in the world of education. I also think, you know, there's a book um, called A Non-Anxious Presence mm -hmm. by Mark Sayers. Mm -hmm. Have you read that? Uh, I believe so. Okay. Yeah. I don't like the title because I don't think people have non-anxious presences, maybe just like Jesus and yeah. inanimate objects. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think... It's something we can strive for. Yes, exactly. Dis discipline ourselves. And, yeah. <laughs> As idealists, we yeah, can yeah, totally. do that. Yeah. <laughs> but he talks about how right now we're in a what he calls a gray zone. So he uses yeah. a metaphor, a military metaphor, um, saying that we're in a time post COVID when everything is confusing and contradictory, filled with change and conflict. Everything seems to be up in the air. Mm -hmm. And I think the answer that we hear a lot is, and I think as a parent, we often think the answer is education. Mm. So 
I don't know what we're, I don't know what world we're sending our kids into, but surely education is something we can control to give them. Yeah. Um, and that's sort of affirmed by this quote from Edwin Friedman and failure of nerve. And he talks about how the great myth of our data gathering era has two sides. If we only knew enough, we could do or fix anything. And it's obverse. If we failed, it is because we did not use the right method. So in other words, he's saying we often like think that the solution to things that don't go well is that if we could just have like no more, have yeah. better education yeah. or try more. Yeah. Um, and I think that um, that creates a ton of anxiety, right? Like, mm. okay, if, you know, we we're going into this gray zone. And so what do we need to do? We need to know more and we need to try harder. Mm -hmm. And that is just a treadmill that mm -hmm. I think a lot of, like I see myself on sometimes yep. too, in looking at different things about anxiety, Sissy Goff has a book called the worry free parent, another name mm. for idealists. Yeah. <laughs> and she talks about the people she gets in her office who are anxious are the people who are very high achieving and um, mm -hmm. they are wanting to do well. Mm -hmm. And so I think about all of our parents at TCA sending our kids into the gray zone, wanting to do the right thing. And they're trying harder and they're saying more information and mm -hmm. it can just lead to a lot of anxiety. And so, yeah. well, I'd like to say at TCA, we have Jesus. And so we don't have anxiety. I think actually this is a hotbed <laughs> for anxiety because, totally. you know, we're, we're wanting to, to give the best to our kids and who yeah. wouldn't, I don't yeah. know if, how you re resonate with those things. Yeah. I mean, uh, I think, uh, I had a, I have a pastor friend that said, uh, we're hardwired for peace, like mm. deep down inside, we mm. want peace. And so when we see that gray zone of the world that mm. our kids are growing up and about to enter into, we get scared mm -hmm. and we want peace from that. And so, well, maybe, maybe, a, a an option for us is to be able to pick the school that our kids go to that we agree mm. with the worldview of that school. And I think a lot of parents, mm. good, um, well-intentioned, sincere parents find a school like TCA and they're like, this is it. Yes. This is what's going to prepare my child for the world ahead of them. Mm. The world that none of us actually know what it will be like in mm. five or 10 years. Um, but we think that we can make decisions now that will prepare. And I, I, I think there is, like I said, I think there's good intention and, and wisdom there. Um, but to put all of our hopes in, mm -hmm. let's just say a Christian classical education, mm -hmm. we will, we will find ourselves disappointed mm -hmm. in not actually achieving that peace that we truly long for. Absolutely. And yeah. I think that, Right there. It is good to choose your child's school. It is yeah. good to have options. Yeah. Options also create anxiety because yeah. then we think, oh, maybe we made the wrong choice. Yep. And I think we especially might think we made the wrong choice when in, you know, February and it's dark and there's no daylight and it's cold. Yep. We just think this is hard. Why am I doing this? Yeah. Where we, if we put our hope in the school, we're yeah. going to question that. Yep. Um, the school is not enough to carry the weight of mm -hmm. our hopes. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so, um, yeah, I think that's why you know, as we think about our culture and our school culture and anxiety, I really would love to say, Hey, it's actually not about knowing more or trying harder. Mm -hmm. What we can do to find relief from anxiety, to find the peace that you were talking about mm -hmm. is mm -hmm. to actually believe more deeply what we already know yeah. and be faithful to the work God has called us to, mm -hmm. which I think is the opposite. You know, whenever I'm anxious, I, you know, the first thing you do is Google, like get some more information <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> instead yeah. of deepening what I know and asking God, what are you calling me to in this moment? Um, mm. And so that's what I would love just to think about with you is yeah. how to work that out. How do we, mm. as a culture say, okay, in moments of anxiety, how can we believe more deeply what we already know mm. 
and be faithful to the work that God has called us to. Mm-hmm. Um, you you just said um, something about, it kind of felt like a throwaway comment, but I think there's a lot of weight there. Uh, asking God what he's inviting me into. You said something mm-hmm. like yeah. that. Um, elaborate more on that because it seems, it seems like you said that God sometimes invites us or allows anxious thing or, you know, uh, troublesome things to happen, unsettling things to happen in our lives mm. that, that cause anxiety in us that we just want to rid ourselves of anxiety, but he's inviting us into something deeper. Mm-hmm. Elaborate on that. Yeah. I think so often we experience an initial call from God. We make a decision. Mm-hmm. And then once we get into it, it causes anxiety or hardship. And we think mm-hmm. now the decision is surely wrong. And actually I think that's where God is inviting us into deeper relationship with us. Mm. God doesn't say everything's going to be easy. You're not going to have any difficulty or worry. He actually says, do not be anxious, but in everything in prayer, Mm -hmm. right? Come to me. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's where the deepening comes. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think also in anxiety, right? That's our window to God to say, Lord, what do you, where are you and what are you calling me to here? Are you calling me to continue to forge forward or are you calling me toward a different way? And that's, that's a conversation. That's not an internal monologue. It it takes me out of my anxiety and into Mm. union with Christ. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Is that kind of what you were asking? Yeah. I I just, I think, uh, we don't, we don't see those unsettling situations as invitations from God. Like th- that's not our default response. Mm-hmm. Uh, our default mm-hmm. response is to, um, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, God, get me out of here as soon as you can. Mm. Rather than, uh, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I know you're with me. Mm-hmm. I, so I'm not going to be afraid. Mm-hmm. Um, there's nothing in that Psalm, Psalm 23, about God taking us out of the valley, it, mm. but it's about him being with us in the valley. Yes. Um, so I just, I thought that was fascinating. You kind of just short, you know, (laughs) briefly mentioned, I was like, hold on, let's talk about that for a second because, um, yeah, that, that God would in those unsettling times actually want us to draw closer to him and actually inquire of him. God, what do you want? What do you want for me Mm -hmm. in this moment? Uh, I think that's a really important question to ask in those Mm -hmm. moments of anxiety. And I think you're hitting on exactly what Friedman is saying is that in our data gathering era, mm-hmm. if things don't go right, we always think if we could just know more and do the right method, we could mm-hmm. fix this. Yep. I mean, even I think about, I have toddler twins and they're not sleeping right now. And it might yeah. just be that they're not going to sleep. I think my mom would have just thought they're not sleeping. I think I've done it wrong. Right. I, or if I had just followed the method that I know exactly. Mm-hmm. So either knowing more or trying harder, yeah. that's always what it is. And actually, God, leads us into difficult things so that we do need him. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think the best example of that really is probably parenting too, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> because in parenting, we are being called into something that is going to be hard mm-hmm. and we don't get to just get out of it. No. Um, so isn't parenting just the most sanctifying thing? <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's a glorious fire, <laughs> you know, like somebody told us a long time ago that, uh, parenting teenagers is really fun. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that's crazy. Cause I remember what being a teenager is like, it was not fun. Um, mm. but it truly has been fun. It's also been sanctifying because they are, they are mirrors of mm. me. Like I, I mm. see myself in them and that's why I'm frustrated with them most of the time is <laughs> they're reflecting me so much. And so I, I am confronted with my own failings. 
um, not as a necessarily as a parent, but just as a human being before a holy God. Mm. And we get to go to Jesus together. Mm. And that's the fun thing is like, oh, we're on this sanctifying journey together. So you're, you're mm. right. Um, parenting is sanctifying. Yeah. And I think that's where at TCA, my, my longing as we think about anxiety is that as parents, we first yeah. would be thinking about where do I have anxiety? I mean, I remember five years ago, I began doing some of this reading and I would not have called myself an anxious person, but mm. I realized actually I do have a lot of anxiety and it affects the way I interact with people. Mm-hmm. And ultimately it is an opportunity to trust the Lord more. Yeah. And so I would love for TCA parents and co-teachers to start doing some of the work of thinking about, okay, where do I need to believe more deeply what God says about who I am? Yeah. And then where do I need to believe more deeply what he's called me to? Um, and so really that's in some ways so countercultural because it's closing down some of the choices. It's yeah. saying you can't be anything. Most importantly, you're God's child and you don't need to do everything. You need to do the things he's calling you to. Yep. Um, and then, like you said, we can give that away to our kids yeah. as we do those things. Yeah. Yeah. I think the, the biggest thing, I, I wouldn't have called it anxiety either. Mm in the early years of homeschooling and then moving into classical education. But how my wife and I, Jenny, were talking about it was it highlights a lot of insecurities that we, mm-hmm. that me and Jenny have mm-hmm. as parents or as co-teachers. Um, and so those, those felt insecurities can kind of come off as like this anxious presence mm-hmm. um, where uh, that's transferring over to our kids or um, it's, it's being displayed in our, um, you know, our lack of confidence in our choices of, you know, was this the right decision doing classical education? And, mm. um, it's in those dark February days, typically, mm. you know, the <laughs> post Christmas break that the, those questions begin to arise. Um, but yeah, like as parents, as disciples of Jesus, we need to be aware of what those insecurities are and be able to voice those, mm-hmm. um, before we're even able to navigate our kids' insecurities, because as mm-hmm. middle schoolers and teenagers, high schoolers, um, a lot of their issues, a lot of their anxieties are coming out of this sense of my world is upside down mm-hmm. and I'm completely insecure about the world I'm entering into. Mm-hmm. Um, and so helping our kids navigate those emotions and those insecurities, uh, we need to be able to do that ourselves as parents. Mm-hmm. And I think the the collaborative model uniquely displays our insecurities yeah. because we're not just at our home homeschooling and we can kind yeah. of hide from other adults yep. and we're not just sending our kids off. It is actually, you know, like people will know that I'm not very good at fifth grade math and I'm an adult yeah. <laughs> or I have to talk to the, my cooperating teacher, you know, mm-hmm. the, the on-campus teacher about my kid in, in deeper ways than mm-hmm. if I was just sending them off to school or, or mm-hmm. homeschooling. And so I've, yeah. I've thought a lot about how actually our model is really and also because we're getting people who are want to be so involved they're so conscientious so um just to kind of name that yeah this is a hard choice but as we ask god to redeem it and as we press into him i actually think it's one of the most beautiful choices to be linking arms in this way yeah so let's talk a little bit about if you know first of all just kind of the we're calling parents yeah do you have anxiety kind of naming it thinking about that um maybe actually insecurity is the word that resonates more with people Mm -hmm. um but then how can we grow and in, you know, believing more deeply what we already know and being faithful to the work God has called us to. And so I've always said, I think the number one thing a co-teacher can do to be more effective in their role is to grow in our own personal relationship with Christ. Yeah. So that, as you said, we can bring students along with us mm-hmm. in this process. Mm-hmm. How, how do you do, th- how do you think about that as a dad and a co-teacher? How this looked early on was 
you know, when our kids are babies, I could have, I could have my time with the Lord anytime in the morning. Um, but they were, they were getting up earlier. They were getting more talkative, you know, they were, you know, they were more, more interactive. And so I, I realized I had to get up earlier before them so that I could have that, that time to read, pray, journal. Um, and that's just continued for the last, you know, decade. Um, my kids are sleeping in later now. I don't, I don't need to get up as early, but that it's just been ingrained in my, my mind and my, my body to, to get up early, to spend some time in some quiet and silence. So journaling, reading scripture, praying, um, has, has been my, my individual way of growing closer with the Lord. And there's certain tools that I use in, in things like that. Um, but as they've grown older, as our kids have grown older, um, my wife and I have found that we are more peer like with our kids. And mm. so, um, being able to take from the well that I've dug deep with the Lord and be able to draw from that and mm. bring that into my kids' relationship, um, with them, um, it, it truly is how like my, my relationship with the Lord kind of overflows in, into my relationship with the kids. Uh, we're only able to go as deep with our kids as, as, as deep as our well is with mm. the Lord. We have to have something to draw on. And if we feel empty in that, that space with the Lord, then we're going to feel empty mm. with our kids. I think too, I'm considering how much it has meant for me to have people who know me really well. That's certainly my husband, but also yeah. mentors in the faith who I have, like, they have seen the very worst of me yep. and been able to speak gospel truth to me there. Yep. So I'm somebody who struggles with shame and guilt mm. <laughs> and for to say, this is like my truest self. Do you, like, can you ex- express to me Christ's love? Yeah. That's been really powerful then. And I think is a, a way that then we can grow and, and give that to our kids. Totally. Um, yeah. I, I would say early on, I was not super comfortable about being my true self in front of my kids. Mm. Um, and as I was saying earlier, my kids are kind of a mirror. I'm realizing, oh, they're going through the same things. They have m- my struggles, but in their own unique ways. And so I have opportunities now actually to name that with them mm. and actually tell them stories mm. about how I experienced that, handled that, maybe didn't handle it well, maybe fell into mm. sin in certain ways. Um, and there's been times where I've like confessed into my kids and I'm like, oh my gosh, they're going to, uh, lose faith in me. They're going to disown me. Um, and I, through tears, just looked up and they're like, dad, we forgive you. Like, what's the big deal? And I'm like, what? So, um, I think being able to name what's actually true in us and rather than hiding and feeling shameful about what's inside of us and just being, as we're honest with the Lord, be honest mm-hmm. with our kids, our spouses, um, that can create a culture where it's okay to talk about those unsettled things, those anxious things in our souls. And not just, not just to get it out and be authentic, quote unquote, but to actually say, and now we need to go to the Lord with it because mm-hmm. he's actually the one that can bear all of that. Mm-hmm. He's actually the one that can bring us comfort and peace. And, uh, not, not just talking about it to get it off our chest, but actually talking about it and bringing it before the Lord so he can bring healing and wholeness and peace. And I think that this conversation is so important for co-teachers because if we, or as we do not deal with the things going on in our own soul, those Mm -hmm. become 
background noise for our homeschooling day. Mm -hmm. And instead of having something to offer our students, instead we have an internal, you know, like for me, and I'm thinking about guilt, I have this internal, Mm -hmm. like I've done it wrong. I'm doing it wrong as opposed to a peace in Christ or this shame of like, I am wrong. Who am I to parent these children as opposed to knowing Mm -hmm. God has called me to this. Mm -hmm. He, you know, he is with me. Mm -hmm. And so I think for our co-teaching parents, this is about your own personal relationship with Christ because you're a Christian, but also this is about you growing as an educator of your kids and having a foundation to, to give your kids an education. And the upside down nature of what we're going for isn't just education for information's sake. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not more information. It's not better tools. Mm-hmm. It's um, sometimes you just need to be there for our kids to educate them about mm-hmm. the Lord, mm-hmm. about you, about how to handle this tense situation, mm-hmm. how to handle this interpersonal problem with a teacher or a fellow student. Mm-hmm. Um, that's just as much important education Mm. than what's in the book or what's on the lesson plan. Well, that's a great transition into thinking about some specific areas where we can think about anxiety for co-teachers or for our our students. So thinking about kind of anxious situations and then what we can do Mm -hmm. that are, you know, maybe not our natural responses, but our sanctified responses that are responding Mm -hmm. well to anxiety. So Mm -hmm. um, the first one is just when there are anxious situations, slowing down instead of responding right away. And so Mm. Um, I think so often when our kids come home and they talk about something that happened at school or a hard friendship situation, our first thing is just to say, you know, let's go call that person's mom or, (laughs) you know, I'll tell the teacher what's really true as opposed to just slowing down and um, trusting the Lord that he's going to use this for our good. Um, And so I think, you know, that's the most basic thing perhaps we can do ourselves and give to our kids as a response to anxiety is being slow. Yeah. One of the things that, uh, our, our kids often roll their eyes at us about, but, um, they know it's, they know it's true is we ask, well, have, have you prayed about that yet? Mm-hmm. And they're just like, Oh, can we, <laughs> can we just deal with the problem? I'm like, no, like, have you, have we, have you prayed about mm-hmm. it? Can I pray for you? Mm-hmm. Can I pray with you? Do you need to go to your room and pray by yourself? Like, those options are all on the table, but that has to be our first uh, response rather than call to action. We need to, uh, we need to slow down and, and pray. Mm, yeah. That's good. Another practical way to deal with anxiety is to do what we call flattening the triangle. Mm. Um, and so, so many situations that make us anxious are actually just about miscommunication or mm-hmm. not actually having a conversation with someone. And so um, in a situation where a student comes home and is worried about a teacher or a friendship or even just among adults where, oh, this person said this. One thing, instead of being anxious and sort of letting that fester in our brain is to flatten the triangle. And that's actually really scary because if it's, you know, my daughter comes home and says, you know, Mr. Kresnick, he was mean to me in the hallway. You know, instead of saying, that's right, he shouldn't do that. It's actually saying, well, Mm. you know, Vera, my daughter, let's Mm. go talk to Mr. Kresnick Mm -hmm. and see what really happened, or I'm sure he didn't mean to hurt you. Or if he did, he'll apologize. Um, so instead of blame shifting or sort of, you know, creating more emotion around that, it's yeah. saying, let's go to the right person and trust that Jesus will work out the reconciliation, even though it feels scary. Yeah. A third practical thing we can do in anxious situations is just to change the tone. Hmm. Um, so I think often we can give into worst case scenario thinking and kind of take on, we talked about how anxiety is relational. We can just take on the anxiety of yeah. our children. Oh yeah. Um, 
And, you know, I have this with toddlers, right? It's like, okay, they're, they're upset. It's really easy for me to be upset. Yeah. And that's true with older kids too. Yeah. And so one thing we can do is just change the tone. And I heard you saying that in your, in your um, prayer example. Yeah. Uh, illustration that uh, a friend of mine gave me a long time ago was when uh, our kids hop on that emotional roller coaster. Mm, yeah. It's important for us as parents to stay on the platform. Mm-hmm. One, we're communicating Hey, we're not jumping on that emotional roller coaster with you, mm-hmm. but we're gonna we're gonna be here. Mm-hmm. We're we're waiting for you to come back. <laughs> you know, like we're not leaving you. We're not abandoning you. Um, but we're we're not gonna we're not gonna go on that high high or that low low with you. We're gonna we're gonna be a steady steady presence, mm-hmm. a non anxious presence. Hopefully, mm-hmm. uh, you know, by God's grace, but we'll still be here. <laughs> and I love that because that's like living in the gray and inviting your students into that. Mm-hmm. So it's not you saying, oh yes, it's all black or just totally shutting your kids down. It's all white. Mm-hmm. It's saying there's probably something true in here and I'm ready to work that out with you when you're ready. And so um, totally. that changes the tone. Yeah. Uh, a fourth thing that we're thinking about practically with anxiety is so much anxiety that is caused by our students. Just kind of like you said with teenagers, they're being, you're different, right? Mm-hmm. It's, if you go to TCA, you're different than a lot of your peers in Omaha. Um, and even within TCA, maybe because it's a smaller school too, you might not find that person who's just like you. Right. Um, but we just know as a young person, it's always going to be hard to be different. Um, and so in that anxiety, we can invite our kids um, into peace. How, how, yeah. Mike, you have great ideas on this. One of the phrases that Jenny and I use in our house is that we want our house to be a house of peace. Mm. And so um, the way that's looked practically with our kids is Um, we are the main identity speakers Hmm. to our kids. Hmm. Um, so obviously their identity is in Christ. Um, or at least we're, we're, we're discipling and walking with our kids as they navigate what it means to put their own faith in the Lord Jesus. Um, but at a baseline level, uh, we're communicating that we're, we're proud of them, that, Hmm. that they are our son or our daughter. Um, and that, that God loves them more than anybody can, mm. even, even me as their dad or as Jen, Jenny as their mom. Mm. Um, and often we're trying to communicate that all the time, but where it feels the most acute is when they're, that specific child is struggling with, mm. with unsettledness, with anxiety. Um, and, uh, we, we were having a conversation with one of our kids last week where I just, embrace that child as they cried and said, I know, but most importantly, the Lord knows. Mm. And the Lord doesn't expect these big things of you. Mom and dad don't expect these things of you. Mm. We just want you to be who God has made you to be today. Mm -hmm. So that bringing that peace has, has to come with a presence, especially as our kids get older. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have to have more of a presence with our children at, in those home days or when they come home from campus days and they're just feeling the weight. Um, if we're unwilling to put our work down, put our chores down and just be shoulder to shoulder, chest to chest, hugging, eye to eye talking, um, we're not going to be able to communicate that piece. Um, well, we're not going to be able to speak those true identity pieces into their hearts. And I think that is, 
I hear two things there. You're not just aligning with the people who are like you. You're not just saying, well, let's just find the people who are like us and that will make mm. us feel okay. You're actually aligning with the Lord. You're saying, yes. let's remember what the Lord is asking of us yes. and rest there. Yep. Um, and then also this goes back to this idea of you're not necessarily following through on what the culture says life or education is about, which right. is being successful, being the best you can be. It's right. about being who God has called us to be. Yep. And I think a lot of the anxiety we feel is because it's like, are we keeping up? Are we, mm-hmm. are we churning out the best possible students mm-hmm. as opposed to the ones that God is calling our students to be? Yeah. In middle school, our kids are just walking through the doors. The first thing they're comparing themselves yes. to other people. <laughs> and that, that just compounds itself as they get into high school because they're asked, they're being asked, Hey, what are you going to do with your life? Yes. Yeah. And it just compounds more and more and more. And to where some of our kids may be three or four years off from having to make any decision, but mm-hmm. they're feeling that pressure now. Mm-hmm. And um, that's, that, is a, that is a worldly uh, expectation because it pulls us out of the moment. It pulls us out of the asking that question, God, what are you wanting to do in me now? Mm-hmm. Versus, God, this thing's coming up in four years and I have to make a decision for that thing mm-hmm. or two years or, you know. For some of our students, it's, you know, 12 months away. Mm-hmm. And so as they get closer, that, that anxiety builds and we have to, oh, we have to be the, the, the one coming alongside them and relieving that pressure valve mm-hmm. and, and helping them go to the Lord with that. Yeah. And that's, that means being different because I think the world wants to say, show me yeah. your resume. And for us to say, yeah. this is, I'm, in, I'm hidden in Christ. Yeah. It's really different. Mm. It's good. Uh, another way we can practically deal with anxiety is to not meet everyone's needs. Mm-hmm. Um, I think so often anxiety is caused by us thinking that everyone has to be okay. I think what that actually does is rob people of the opportunity to experience God in hardship. And so, um, you know, if people are sad or upset or even our kids, sometimes we need to let them rest in the Lord. We can't do that for them. Right. And then finally, we just want to be a culture that remembers that God is always at work. Mm-hmm. And so we can rest in that um, instead of, being known as a culture of high performers, wouldn't it be great if TCA was known as a group of people who know that God is faithful and hmm. are resting um, and being faithful ourselves to the work that God has called us to? Yeah. Hopefully this time has helped you think about education, uh, specifically the TCA culture and why we have anxiety in our culture. And that's not bad. It's actually because we really care. And yet we can use that as an opportunity to invite God in, in ways that I think are very powerful and can not just help us grow in a relationship with God, but can set our kids up on a trajectory to really know and trust God, um, personally. And Mike, thanks for all your great examples of how you are doing that with your kids and your insight. Um, that's invaluable. And Mm -hmm. I would love just for you to end us with some takeaways for our parents. Yeah. And I just want to reiterate, we are not doing this perfectly. You know, <laughs> we, we hear these like short examples and I'm like, oh man, I'm failing. And like, no, we're, we're all uh, unable to meet our own ideals and our mm-hmm. own standards. And so uh, there's a lot of fits and starts in all of this. That's yeah. actually why I think it's important to remember in anxiety, we are to be faithful to the work God has called us to. Yeah. Not perfect. Oh, and yeah. So that's, um, that's good. You're, you're not giving up on these things. You're being faithful. Yeah. And God is then faithful to you. Yeah. Yeah. Two passages in particular that have just been helpful and just building out the language in our home around this. So we're not always pulling out the Bible and saying, well, the scripture says this, but we just have this language kind of at the ready in our minds. That's why we memorize things here at the school to have those sh- things shape us. But it's First Peter 5, 
uh, 6. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time he may exalt you, casting all of your anxieties on him because he cares for you. Mm. And so just hearing that relational nature of God, his disposition towards us, he cares for us. And so he wants us to cast all of our anxieties on him. And we've touched on this a little bit, but Philippians 4, 6, Paul says, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. This is where we've talked about, have you prayed about it? <laughs> you know, <laughs> Have you let the Lord know about these anxious things? Verse seven, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and your mind in Christ Jesus. And so that's what we're all longing for. And what we, the way to get it is to go to God with prayer, being honest before him, honest with others and allowing him to provide the peace that we're longing for. Yeah. And wouldn't that be an education, you know, that you could feel like, yeah, yeah, Lord, I did it. Yeah. <laughs> I was faithful to that. Yeah. So really appreciate you, Mike. Thanks for coming on the podcast today. Thanks for having me, Sarah. <laughs>